Dear listener, please note that this podcast is recorded during COVID-19 where we can't get into the studio and give you the quality that you are accustomed to. For any changes in quality, we ask for your apology. Hello and welcome to What's Love, the podcast. This is a podcast series brought to you by Zanga Zurugel and in collaboration with the Soul City Institute for Social Justice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another exciting episode of What's Love, the podcast. Like always, I'm not traveling alone. I am here with Tinyiko Mbense, our legal eagle. How are you, Tinyiko? I'm well, thanks. And how are you, Lebu? I am okay. I can't complain. Tinyiko, we've a case that I would like you to help me unpack. And uh, somebody wrote to us and say, look, I need advice. I've been in a relationship for 14 years. We are not married and we have two young children. We have, not, we have now decided to split. It's not my choice. And there was no prenup signed. He is the breadwinner. I work part-time from home to pay for my personal bills. And I also do a bit of work for him in his business, which he pays me for. I rely on this payment for food for the kids. We own two small houses together, which are both in both our names. I look after the kids 99% of the time. Since the lockdown, I have not been able to earn my own money and he hasn't given me work. So I am broke and very worried. Now, first question is to you because the person wants to know what are the rights of, what are her rights in this um, situation? So my first question to you, Deniko, is after 14 years of living together and having children, what is the legal status of this arrangement? Can it be considered a marriage? What would make it a marriage? 14 years is a long time. (laughs) 14 years is definitely a, a long time. Um, The legal status is that they are just two people cohabiting with each other who have chosen to not get married. So there are no legal, no real legal implications to this relationship. So there's no divorce uh, proceeding that would need to be done. So cohabiting, fat and sit, as some people call it. Mm. does not have any legal you can't say i lived with this man for 40 years he's mine or whatever it is even when you split no legal status at all no 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 um you both got into an agreement where you chose for whatever reasons it is to not get married uh and the thing is because of the art three different kinds of marriages you can enter in South Africa, they will just see it as, but you chose not to get married because why didn't you um, get married in your traditional rights? Um, Why didn't you get married in the civil right, in the civil way of even just going to home affairs or why didn't, you know, um, go through church? So, because of that, you have very little protection. Okay. All right. Great. Um, 
that's a bit sad because I thought cohabiting means that after a few months of staying together, it's recognized as a civil union. But thanks for clarifying that. Now, part of the problem with these people is that they bought assets together. What are the pros and cons? If you are staying with somebody, you guys decide not to get married in any way. What are the pros and cons of buying assets together with your lover? Pros and cons. Yeah. So I would, if, if, if you have no intention of ever getting married, I would definitely suggest buy big assets together so that when you do split up, you, you, you will have to share those assets. And if one person can't say, well, it's in my name and legally you can't do anything because it is in their name. So it means they own it. But if it's in both our names, then we have to discuss who gets what. Well, interesting, because part of what this person is saying is that they have two properties. One is smaller one is bigger. There's a bigger family home and there's a smaller one, which I probably assume they bought it as an investment. And remember, he's the breadwinner, largely. He mm. says she must move to the smaller home and the kids prefer staying in the big home, the bigger family home. I guess that's where everybody has left, has lived. So it sounds like you are saying it's good advice to buy property uh, even if you are, you know, um, in, in you are cohabiting. But now she's losing out. He's adamant. He is not living the big family home. And it looks like the kids also don't want to live the big family home. She's now the one that's going to step out and go and live in a home she's not comfortable with. Uh, if they were married, there have been a discussion. How does this benefit buying the properties together? Mm. Um, so she says she takes care of the kids 99% of the time. And the kids mm. are the ones who don't want to move out of the bigger family home. Yes. She can leave the kids and go to the smaller family home because it can't accommodate all of them. And if the kids want to be with her, then it's a bonus because the kids in this situation, luckily for her, are sort of like a bargaining chip, right? Because our separation should never negatively impact the kids' well-being and their quality of life and their standard of life. So if the kids want to want to be with their mom and the dad doesn't want to look after the kids then unfortunately he has to go to the smaller home because how will the smaller home accommodate all three of them while he's living comfortably alone in such a big home what would be the justification he would give anyone for for that but Denigo, i think that for me is what is worrying me Earlier on, you said, you know, it's not a marriage. It's not like they can go to court or maybe they can. Maybe I must ask it as a question. But I guess you are saying it's not a marriage. As the writer has said, he refuses to move. He says, okay, if, take it or leave it. Go to the small house. 
if you don't want and the kids don't want to come with you, I'm not moving. He's adamant he's not moving. And I guess his issue is he's the breadwinner anyway, even if the house is in both their names. My question is, who does she go to to mediate? Who, who you know, you said there's no divorce. Who does she go to to mediate? Uh, she goes to family courts. Um, and the only reason she can do this is because she has the two kids, you know. If she didn't have these two kids, they would, technically speaking, have to end up in court where both the, the, the houses might end up being sold and then they, they share the, the, the proceeds equally. But now because there are these kids that are involved, she can go to family court and say that the person who's maintaining these kids is now attempting to decrease the standard of life just because me and him are no longer getting along. See, so because kids are the most important um, citizens in our country, the court will intervene quicker um, and find a practicable, a practical solution. Sorry about that. Um, that caters for the needs of the kids, and also the only maintenance that she would be getting would be specifically for the kids. She wouldn't be getting any maintenance for herself. What she can do um, is file for the COVID UIF relief um, to get some form of money for herself right now because her employer, which is him, isn't um, paying her. But also if he fired her because of whatever broke down their relationship and it had nothing to do with her actual job, then she can also go, you know, to to the labor court, you know, um, to dispute that unfair dismissal. So now, Diniko, um, one of the uh, uh, reasons that the men may make about needing to stay in the big house is that he's paying for it. So let's assume they are still owing the house. Um, could he use the argument that he is uh, paying for the houses, therefore he is going to choose, he's got better rights to choose for a bigger house, to stay in the bigger house? He, he, he has little rights. The people who have better rights to stay comfortably in this situation are his children. And him insisting that they go and live in a smaller house than what he got them used to as their father, it's kind of like him saying to his kids, I do not care about you anymore. So I think this is something that he, he would have to weigh up. Like, is, 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 is my comfort in the bigger house more important than the comfort of my children or the homelessness of my children because if I stop paying it, then they evict my children. Not just the, my children's mother, but they also evict my children. I guess what we are saying is that the only time she is going to have to move is if this man says, I look after the children. You should no longer look after the children. I look after the children. And 
then happens now? Both these houses are theirs. Will they have to go to court where one person gets the one house, the other person gets the other house? Because there is the issue of the living arrangements, but there is also the issue of the home ownership. As they split, does the issue of the home ownership get affected? No, it doesn't get affected. Um, what happens is they can decide if they want to keep the houses in both their names um, so that should anything happen to either one of them, you know, the kid, the, the, the children will always be the ones to benefit, you know, um, and inherit the house. Or they can decide that the one house uh, must be registered to the other party and the one house registered to the other party. The problem with with them changing ownership of the houses is that there's a possibility that the, an, why, one of them can use the house, how do I put this? Use the house, um, maybe even in an attempt to further themselves, uh, but end up uh, disadvantaging the children's inheritance because now they lose the house through the, the use and misuse um, that they were doing with the house. But now when it's in both our names, you cannot sell this house without me signing the document that says, yes, sell the house. Okay. So there is still a lot that um, the woman needs to go and find out, especially because she does not have financial muscle. So they, 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 would you advise that she goes out and she gets legal advice? You know, Because I think there's also that pros and cons of how she acts now. Because the next issue that she is raising is that of her employment. So um, she basically has not been able to earn money, uh, her own money, which she earns mm. from doing work because of the lockdown. Mm. But he's now not giving her work. Now is it because they are splitting or also because he doesn't have work to give her? We are not sure. And she says she is worried and scared. So it looks like the issue of money. Now, let me see if I understand this. I'm going to ask you a few questions around the work situation. Number mm. one, when you work for a lover, is it advisable to sign an employment contract that clearly stipulates what your job title is, if there are benefits, what are the benefits, like any other employment. So how do you treat a situation where you meet a person, he owns a shop, and you end up working at the shop, and he gives you money? How do you treat that employment? Because now it looks like she's also lost employment without very any, you know, without any rights as an employee. An employment contract... Is, is is for protection, right? For 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 the employee so that they know um what their rights are um with regards to the job um and what their benefits are and 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 that and 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 so that they can feel feel secure, right? But the beauty of South African law, um especially labor law, because they do try and protect the vulnerable, which is the workers, is if it's clearly communicated that you've got the job, you are working for this much money, which you will get for, 
through whichever period of time, um, when you do X, Y, Z, then you have an employment contract, right? What we don't know is how long she had been working for him. If she'd been working for, if she's been working for him for all of 14 years and she's been working there monthly, then she was a permanent employee. She was legally, she's considered a permanent employee and should be um, protected by, by, by his company and get certain benefits. Now, because we don't know what kind of work it was, what kind of company uh, it was, we don't even know if he registered not only her, but any of his other client, any of his other um, workers for UIA, you know, and it's, there's a lot of companies that haven't actually registered people for UIA. Okay. So where can she go to find this out? And, and what proof will she have to produce? So for an example, it sounds like she would need to produce I don't know. If there is no contract, what do you produce? Do you produce bank account, your bank accounts to show that this man has been giving you money and you say it's payment? Do you produce the work that you've done? Maybe it's records on your computer. If maybe you were doing work that requires you to send emails. If there's no work uh, 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 contract and maybe you were doing ad hoc work, what would you need to com- to produce to claim against this man as your employer now, not only as your lover? Mm-hmm. So all the records that you mentioned, uh, emails, um, even SMSs, because, you know, if I'm working ad hoc, then there's a, there's a high chance that I'm going to get an SMS that says, um, come, come quickly, I need your help with X, Y, Z, you know, in the office or in the factory or whatever, where, whatever the case may be. Even WhatsApp conversations. Bank statements definitely prove that you were getting regular compensation for the work that you were doing. Um, mm. And it's even better if when he was paying you, it, it would say on the statement, you know, um, wages, you know, then already you can you you you're proving with just the bank statement that I did work for him. Um, otherwise, why would he pay me wages directly from the company? You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds messy because it does sound like there is a lot that she's. So she's not only going to be dealing with the heartbreak of the split because she says she's not the one that has chosen to split. So you can see that she's being left or dumped. Mm. You are saying in our labor law, it's not necessary that she basically has an employment contract. But would you advise people who work for lovers, for husbands, to also ask for a contract? Would it be advisable so that there is something that says you are the receptionist, you are the bookkeeper? Mm, mm. Definitely. I'd advise anyone working for anyone whether you're doing one job um, or you're doing multiple jobs, ask for it in writing. Even if it's in writing on WhatsApp, you know, where someone says, um, 
you have uh, accepted you as my employer for this amount of money and you're going to do X, Y, Z. You know, have that record to show that you weren't just volunteering your time. You were actually working for compensation because that's the important thing. Were you doing it out of, you know, the kindness of your heart as a, as a lover or were you doing it for the benefit of the business and your personal development? Yeah. Now, Tinyeko, I mean, I think uh, earlier on you answered this question, but I, I, it's still making my head dizzy. Mm. She says she cannot support herself right now. She, let's say the kids stay with the men. If the kids stay with the men, she loses the comfort of the bigger house. Maybe it's the house that they had stayed in. She's looked after. She's cleaned it. She's made sure that it's proper. She's now maybe moving to the smaller house. Let's say it had been rented. She doesn't Mm. go with her children. She's lost, you know, income from him. I Mm. mean, is she entitled to any form of support? (laughs) Um, Yeah, you can tell from my side. Sadly, no. No. She's entitled to absolutely nothing. To absolutely nothing. Um, the only people he has to support are are his children legally, or his spouses, um, and you know they chose to not have that legal relationship. You know, so unfortunately, she'll be left in the deep end. Um, she can, however, try and mm-hmm. claim in court it is done um it is not always successful because she'd have to prove that this entire arrangement was a universal partnership and you know she did less work which earned her less money for the benefit of the partnership you know and then prove that if she hadn't done the things that she did um then the ass- their assets would not have grown, you know. Um, yes. Yeah. So it, yeah. So she can, she can, she can try that. But then again, the other thing that they look at is 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 age. You know, if you're someone who is in your forties, there's a higher possibility of you being able to get gainful employment afterwards. You know. So they, they, they will consider that, which is what makes it even harder because <laughs> the, 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 the work, what's it, the work market is, is not necessarily f- friendly to, to, to youth. So I can't imagine to, um, let's say, a 40-year-old who hasn't been in that environment for over 14 years. But, Tinyuko, uh, the law then sounds to be a bit unfair. And 99% of the time you are looking after children. You are working in a company and I, I, and I, I, I have sympathy, sympathy for the woman because I think in her mind, they are building their empire together. We've all, well, not say all, let me speak for myself. You know, I know how it's very easy to help somebody, even with ideas, just to say, I think do this. I think you shouldn't do this. Speak to Tenyeko. I know Tenyeko. We've all done, or most of us, or some of us, or it's very easy in relationships mm. to help 
rebuild their empire. You've done it for 14 years. You've not gone out there. You've looked after children. Are you telling me simply because you did not get married, you get zilch, nada, nothing? You get that. I mean, you have a house if you are um, this particular person. So that's something to show for it. At least they were smart in that way, buying assets together. But you get nothing because you chose to legally get nothing from him, you know. So if he had passed away without a will, mm-hmm. you would get nothing. But if he had passed oh. away, left a will, and included you in it, then you get you, you get something, right? Because legally there isn't a tie, you know, um, between you, you and him, you know, and, and the, the few acts that do, um, note you aren't necessarily, um, acts that will help you in a, in, in a maintenance situation such as this one, you know, I guess what I'm also dreading is maybe this guy is leaving her because there's somebody else. Let's say the kids decide they're going to stay with their father. If, uh, for an example, another lover walks into that house, mind you, they own it together into the big house. And it is now the new lover who's looking after the children. And you've got to start, you know, your life afresh. I am, I don't know. That's not what we are asked to ponder on, but I'm saying it's giving me depression because it looks like this woman is going to lose so much out of this by simply not signing a marriage contract. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's, that's, that's the case. Um, but also you don't have to sign a marriage contract. Okay, what do you have to do? To protect yourself. You can have Mm -hmm. a cohabitation agreement between yourself and your partner, you know, and state how your relationship works and why certain things are the way that they are, right? So it's a contract between you and your partner. Um, it, it, It doesn't affect third parties. But now when it comes to a situation of we 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 break up, if in our cohabitation agreement it had stated that um, you take care of, let's say, 100% of the household chores um, and then also assist me in the business um, and then I will be the one who provides you um, a, a monthly salary or allowance, however you would put it, of X amount, then you have this contract on paper that you can take to court and say, can you see this was our agreement? I have been doing all of that. And even in the agreement, we catered for a situation where should we break up, how how do I get taken care of? He's trying to backtrack on that taking care or she's trying to backtrack on that taking care. Help me enforce our contract. Now, that is very useful 
So you are saying that there is another way if you do decide for whatever reason that you are not getting married. The minute you move your sofas together into a place, you mm. can sign a habitation agreement. Where do you find it? Is there a template? Do you need to go to a lawyer? How do you sign it? Uh, I don't like suggesting temp- people using templates of things. Um, okay. And so me suggesting go to a lawyer is going to seem like punting the in the, the legal industry. Um, but you write write down first together, have a discussion and write it down, kind of as, as though if you were going to go and sign an, an ANC. Have a discussion about, you know, where you see your relationship going, um, what 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 each other's contributions is going to be write it down on paper, sign that paper. And when you're both comfortable and ready, you know, go to a lawyer and ask them, you know, to kind of make it look nice and sound all nice and and pretty, right? But the the paper that you still have written down and, you know, and both signed, make a copy for each of you because that's your agreement. and. It would be even better if you you get um, some someone, either a family member or a um, or a friend, to witness the the two of you signing it and sign as a witness. So you have proof that there was no one who was forced to sign this document, even if it's homemade. That is very useful. And, and, I, and I hope out of this very gloomy situation, uh, especially because for various reasons, people are not going to get married. Some people will call it, but uh, because in some cultures, marriage is very expensive. They don't have money for lobola. They don't have money for this. Or they just are not sure whether they're going to be there for two years or three years. Mm-hmm. I think the advice you've given of a cohabiting agreement that is witnessed, even if it is just written by you in your non-legalese language, but it's clear enough. Um, and uh, while the lease is in your name, I'm buying the groceries. In the event that we break up, I'm going to need three months to find a place for myself. And I'm going to take the fridge and the TV that I brought. Even that is Sounds like it's it's something that we could encourage people to enter into. But I think in conclusion, for me, the issue is we often don't have these conversations when there is love, you know, when we are feeling in love. <laughs> we don't have these conversations, you know? Um, and and the sadness, I was almost feeling a depression come on to me when yeah. you are saying and now who can't work, especially under this lockdown period uh, or the, you know, anything, you could get retrenched or anything can happen. Can you enforce that cohabitation agreement in, 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 in a court? Would you still go to the family court, even when there are no children with your cohabitation agreement? Mm. No, no, the, the cohabitation agreement, you, you, you enforce this one in, 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 in the, the, the court court, not the family court. Family court is for divorces and children, family specific. 
when when you dis, when you choose to cohabit, you mm. I guess in 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 a in a weird way, you've legally chosen to not be a family. Oh wow! Even though you see each other as a family and you live as a family, and maybe when you're visiting, but they are out here saying Makoti, oh to some more, you know. <laughs> Um, you're wow. not, so you enforce it in, 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 um, depending on the values that are involved in, in a magistrate's court or in a high court. Oh, wow. I mean, I am finding that a, I don't know. It's interesting that when you cohabit, you are choosing not to marry. And I think many people, let me not even say that I know of. What I have heard is that people are saying, we have an intention to marry, therefore we are cohabiting. But you are saying, in the eyes of the law, when you choose to cohabit, you've chosen not to marry. Yes, until you choose to marry, because you have plenty of time. I mean, the question to them would be, you've been together for 14 years, you have two children together, why have you not gotten married or why have you not started the started the process of getting married you know and what response would you give if, if thought, you truly wanted thought, to get married we thought our relationship is like a marriage all that was missing was a piece of paper <laughs> that's how i think why must we involve the law it's our relationship getting <laughs> scared yeah, now yeah, that yeah, i yeah. live with anybody. Yabo, you say why must I involve the law? And then jiggy jiggy when 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 love says goodbye, you're like, but law, protect me. <laughs> Come save me, law. <laughs> no, you you can't have it both ways. <laughs> wow. I really okay. do understand because there, there there's a host of reasons um for not wanting to get married, you know. Um, excluding money, there's a host of reasons. So that's why at least there is that security of having a cohabitation agreement. We're not necessarily involving the government, but we're involving the law in that should anything ever change or sour, then we don't have to like leave it on bad terms because we had already prepared for such a situation for lack of a better word and and such a situation could even be death because if you're cohabiting and then you you don't you don't have this this agreement then you have like uh, someone's sisters come and then they kick you out of the house they're like yeah get out the house what are you going to do so when you have that contract at least you you can say actually sisters no, he didn't. He he wanted me in this house and not you. So please, can we? You know, I I started this conversation in a good mood. I'm ending it very scared because in a lot of ways we think we know things. Ne? We we do things mm. like rationale. I meet somebody, I love them. Hey, asina maliama lobolo. Um, or, or it's more convenient, we'll share a house, we'll share expenses, we'll share a car. Five years later, 10 years later, 14 years later, 
we've been living like this. We did not bother to get married. We did not bother to have an agreement in place. And then that relationship sours. So I think for me, this is one episode that makes me really go back to what we said when we started this podcast, that you must love with your eyes open. You must love with your knowledge of the law in your bag. So thank you, T. I, 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 I wish there was a lot more good news we could share with the person who wrote to us about what they are entitled. It breaks my heart because I think the woman has given so much of herself in mm. terms of looking at the children and I'm sure looking after the home and, uh, you know, earning money. When you hear a woman say, I am scared, I am afraid, it's it's something it's something else, and and I know, and I've cohabited before. I've cohabited with a belief that we are building towards a marriage. When I hear you saying that cohabitation is the one thing that makes the law realize that you actually don't want to get married, it's so contradictory to the reasons why I have cohabited before. I was like, live apart. It's level one of relationships. Cohabit is level two. Marriage is level three. So you are closer to the marriage floor when you cohabit. You are almost saying, no, cohabit is the basement. It's not even a, a higher level. Uh, but yeah, the, you know, we are not lawmakers and, and I hear what you are saying. And I hope people who listen here take it to heart and they understand that you know, there's different marriage contracts. Uh, it does sound like in this 14 years, this particular person should have gotten married and signed a mm. prenup because mm. 14 is a long time. But thank you. Thank you for the legal advice. And if any one of you uh, has any other question or case that you want us to help you with, please drop us an email on zangazulugel, one word, at gmail.com. Follow us on our different social media pages and do listen to the podcast. Give us feedback and do share it with others who you think will need this advice. On that note, have a lovely, lovely, lovely day until the next episode. If you want to give us feedback on the podcast or you have a legal or finance matter that you would like some advice or assistance on, you can reach us via WhatsApp only or a voice note on 061-535-4623 or via email on zangazulugel at gmail.com. We will try to share information with you and where possible, Dinyeko, who is a legal expert, will give you some advice on how to deal with your matter. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter using the handle at what's love underscore podcast. And you can also find us on Facebook on what's love podcast. Please note 
that the views expressed in this podcast do not represent the views of the Soul City Institute for Social Justice.